Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You don't always have to like him. But you have to respect him. The Roy Green Show continues. The Roy Green Show continues on the Chorus Radio Network. I was looking at a news report from 2002, September 2002. It was a report, a column written by Diane Francis for the National Post. And she begins this way. Ralph Klein is warning Ottawa to, quote, to, uh, quote, not push us, end quote, on the issue of the Kyoto Protocol, or it will face another separatist threat from Alberta. Quote, I don't think Albertans are ready to leave Canada, the province's premier said in an interview on the weekend. Again, quoting Mr. Klein, I hope that the government will come to its senses and will explore all of our constitutional options. Before that, separation is even considered. If you ask Albertans now if they want to leave, they would say no. But don't push us too hard. That was 15 years ago. 15 years ago, uh, I just read a, a column by John Zogby, and I follow what Mr. Zogby writes. He's one of the world's uh, most respected pollsters, and uh, his John Zogby strategies is his firm. And the column that I read was, Is Catalonia a Sign of Our Times? And, of course, we know that in Catalonia, the people have decided in a referendum that Madrid says is invalid, that uh, by 90%, they said, the Catalonians have said, we want out of Spain. Now, the Spanish government has given the Catalonian leaders until Thursday, I think, to come up with a definitive answer. Are you staying or are you going? And if they say they're going, then Madrid is hedging its bets as to what it may do. And we'll have to hold our breath as to what may happen because that could have an impact on all of Europe and beyond Europe. John Zogby joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. There's a very uh, fractious, the potential for, well, it is fractious, isn't it, John, that it has the potential to become a really, really serious situation in Europe. Yeah, it does because you have another, uh, you have a whole bunch of cross currents, the that are taking place. You have the, the nationalist movements in France and, and Germany and Austria beyond. You have Brexit as well. Um, you, have, you alluded to potential issues um, in, in Canada as, as there are in the United States with Texas, California, New Hampshire, and then in the Amazon in Brazil. And all of these you know, have the, the potential of exploding at, at some point, you know, I noted um, in the, the the opinion piece that you read by by uh, Miss Francis, don't push us too far. Um, and for many people, for a variety of reasons, uh, there's a sense that things have been pushed too far. Um, I, I should also note, just getting back to Catalonia, this has uh, this. 
this has been an ongoing simmering thing uh, for uh, for decades in in Catalonia, and with the economy the way it is, uh, youth unemployment the way it is, uh, Barcelona, the financial capital of of Spain, um, this has huge repercussions if they do decide to leave. The voters have. It's now uh, you know a, a, a question of the logistics, like Brexit. If they decide to actually go through with that, uh, this is a this is a wretched mess. Mm-hmm. And it sounds as though there's a threat coming from Madrid mm-hmm. that if you decide you're going, well, all our options are on the table. And of course, one of the first things we think about is a military reaction, which will be a total disaster. Total disaster. Uh, number one, it's played out on TV these days, you know, and and that's a, t- a terrible thing to watch. But secondly. Uh, Catalonia is the, um, it's organic to to modern Spain. I, I mean, it's the financial uh, capital. It's heavily populated. It's the second largest province. Uh, we're talking about a tourism disaster, let alone a, a fiscal disaster. And then, then what happens? You, you know, trade, customs, currency, um, oh. And yet, I'm and, just a pollster, but yeah. man, this is breathtaking. And yet, on your in your in your column, or at least the headline of your piece is "Is Catalonia a sign of our times?" And then you look, uh, and, and you mention a poll that yes. uh, John Zogby's strategies conducted in the United States and your federal government did not come out very well uh, in the opinions of most Americans. No, twenty-five percent said that they had faith in the federal government. That's terrible, um, and. You know, this is one of those things, the union, uh, that, you know, several hundred thousand Americans died for 160 years ago. Um, uh, But the union is is sacrosanct, and the Constitution is sacrosanct. These sorts of things have been inviolable. We we have had um, separationists. We have had radicalism in the United States before. but it's at a point now where serious folks are talking about it. And just by way of implications, I mean, California and Texas are the two largest states mm-hmm. uh, in, in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, in, in California in particular, in, in, in Texas, you know, there, are, uh, there are racial overtones and and. Uh, anti-federal government overtones. But in California, you now have liberals, many of whom who do not like the fact that Donald Trump was elected, joining with, um, with ultra-conservatives um, in, a, in the discussion on behalf of, of secession. You know, and anybody who thinks that a country as powerful as the United States is couldn't possibly break up, think mm-hmm. about the USSR. Mm-hmm. They dissolved from within. They dissolved from from within. They had a lot this of pressure, is, but they dissolved from within. Yeah, and and in the United States, uh, look, anything is on the table. I mean, some folks may want to wish it to go away, but the fractiousness—the word that you used the, at the, the beginning of this interview—is there. I mean, like Canada, we have had competing cultures not just political cultures, but social cultures as well. Um, but there was always a sense of loyalty to the Union, and now 
for a variety of reasons, you're not hearing that anymore. So is this world then poised for a dissolution or many dissolutions of what we've taken really for granted as being institutions and borders that would last forever? It's an era of tremendous disruption Mm -hmm. uh, on a number of fronts. It's not simply government and politics. It's a number of, of familiar institutions where it's not just simply a question of some folks not liking it or even uh, rejecting the, the institution as it presently exists. It's at a point right now where the level of distrust is the highest that we've ever seen and consistently so. It's actually growing. It's coming from left and right, as, as I pointed out. And it's among the people who feel over decades now to have been victims of the existing system. You know, when we step back and we look at uh, America's racial problem, its, its immigration issue, um, the, the income inequality, uh, a white middle class that feels as if uh, its government has passed them by, there are a number of fronts here. Uh, it is a period of disruption, and frankly, I don't know where it's going to end up but as an historian, it, it reminds me of that long period when feudalism dissolved and ultimately was replaced by capitalism and by nation states and, and so on. The problem now, Roy, is we're watching this all in real time. Yes. And it's, it's not taking hundreds of years. This is moving pretty rapidly. Yes, it is. From disruption to chaos for the moment. You know, my, uh, my analogy would be uh, when there's a, a, um, a hurricane mm -hmm. steaming toward, usually it's toward the United States after it's crashed through the Caribbean, and the forecasters say, well, it could go there, mm -hmm. or it might go there, but the odds are it's going to go over here. In other words, nobody really knows. And that's how I see our world today. Nobody really knows. It's like the pilot light is burning to start off a chaotic reality anywhere. It might be Catalonia and, and, and Madrid, so Barcelona and Madrid. But it could be anything else. In France, it could be the Bretons who would then, if, if Catalonia goes, you know that the Bretons are going to really push to get out of France. This yes. whole thing could get really out of hand. It could, and you're absolutely right. We don't know, but we can't deny. And no. I think that's the important yeah. thing yeah. for anyone to say, well, it's, it's really not going to happen. We honestly don't know. We don't what's know. Next. Great column, uh, great opinion piece, Thank John. You. Always enjoy Always reading your pieces. You. Thank you so much. Thanks, Roy. Take care. Bye bye. John Zogby. Uh, John Zogby Strategies is uh, where you can read John's pieces and read about their polls. That's Z O G B Y, John Zogby. Now, when it comes to this country, you know, we've been on the, on, on the, on the verge of breaking up more than once in our lifetimes. In 1980, there was the first Quebec referendum, and it was, uh, it was Justin Trudeau's father, Pierre, who in the Maurice Richard Arena in Montreal, leaned into the uh, microphone and stared into the camera and dared Quebecers to uh, secede, and he shouted, Vote non! Vote no, and they did. 
And then in 1995, it was, of course, much, much closer. It was less than half a percentage point between staying and leaving. And Quebecers voted by less than half a percentage point to remain in Canada. And it was the uh, then Premier of Quebec, Jacques Parizeau, and his deputy Bernard Landry, who also would become Premier and referred to the Canadian flag as bits of red rag. It was the Premier of Quebec, Jacques Parizeau, who blamed the ethnics and the money. Fast forward to 2017. A lot of questions about East versus West. A lot of questions about Central Canada profiting profiting at the expense of, of, of the West. And then last week, there was the cancellation of the Energy East pipeline. And it came because we all feel viscerally, because one man, Danny Coderre, the mayor of Montreal, pushed so hard against Energy East and created the kind of dynamic that Coderre did create. The Energy East died. And then Coderre was jubilant, as were other Quebec politicians. There were responses, and we heard many of them on this program, and I'm going to open the phone lines again shortly in a few minutes' time. But what struck me most was the letter that Brad Wall wrote, the Premier of Saskatchewan. So we were going to read the letter by Brad Wall. I have some questions for you. We'll open the phone lines. In fact, we'll do it now at 1-800-263-2428. 1-800-263-2428 is my number on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Uh, one week since cancellation of uh, Energy East, have you calmed down? Does the West need the rest of Canada to survive? Does the West need the rest of Canada to survive? It's just my questions. You say whatever's on your mind. And the other question I have is, would Canada be better off today had Quebecers decided to secede in 1995? 800-263-2428. Does the West need the rest of Canada in order to survive? And would Canada be better off today if Quebecers had voted to leave in 1995? How ready are you as a Western Canadian to vote for the end of Canada as we know it? And if you're in central Canada, of course, you're more than welcome to get into the debate because a lot's going to be said about central Canada and particularly Ontario. 